I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fancy a little extra dose of MotoGP during your week? Well, you're in the right place. This is OMG MotoGP Extra, your quick hit of the latest MotoGP news and a look ahead to this weekend's Grand Prix in India. Amy Reynolds here alongside former Grand Prix rider and British champion Keith Ewan. And with any luck, Keith, most of the paddocks should have made it to India after what looked like a bit of a chaotic start to this week. A few visa issues are going on. Um, that's probably putting it a little bit modestly. Have you heard of anybody else that's still stuck? Sam Lowe's was stuck at the airport for some time, up until yesterday. He's on his way now. Uh, Mark Marquez, likewise, was was stuck for a while. He's on his way now. I think everybody's there that needs to be there. I mean, it's very positive, actually, from the paddock. Most of the people I've spoken to have got a very positive outlook on stuff at the moment. And what's not to like? 1.4 billion people are going to be introduced to MotoGP. I mean, what a continent. I mean, Dorna needed to be in India. There's no doubt about that. This needs to have happened. And it has that wonderful vibe, doesn't it? Brand spanking new event. In a, on a continent that we've not been to before. Okay, the circuit had a few issues prior to, to, to actually arriving there. But like I say, everything seems to be very positive. All the little problems that were there weeks and weeks ago seem to have been sorted out. And with the exception of visas being a bit slow coming through, which is which is par for the course, I'm afraid, when it comes to India. My biggest worry is getting out. I mean, we've got Japan coming up a weekend later. Um, getting out could be the biggest problem. If you go back to the Formula One days where they impounded vehicles and God knows what because of taxation problems and so on, India has a, a very strict tax regime. I suppose you would, 1.4 billion people, because if you get that wrong by just a few pennies, you're going to be fairly well down on the old accounts, aren't you? So I suppose that, that there are regimes in different countries. And there are always going to be something that's slightly different when you're dealing with something like this. It's a brand new thing. So two massive organizations crash into each other here relying on agencies to sort out things like visas and guarantees and stuff like that, which all countries, if you go to Australia, you go to Australia and get caught doing a broadcast like we do on a tourist visa, you're stuck and you could get banned from being there for three, five years or whatever it is. So it's not really uh, a problem. It's just something to get around and to make work for the Grand Prix circus. And I think they have. 
Can you remember the paperwork we used to have to fill out for the Australian visa every year? It used to be an absolute headache, but and you know they made it as easy as possible. And sure enough, your visa arrived, and there were no issues. But we've got to be taken into consideration. We've been going to Australia for for God knows how many years. This is the first Indian Grand Prix, so you've got to expect a few a few hiccups. The one thing I thought, Keith, was. Thank God the freight made it there. Do you remember last year all of the chaos in uh, around the Argentinian Grand Prix where they had to delay the schedule uh, because there were issues getting the freight out there? And I was thinking, well, at least I mean, at least they've got the bikes out there. I've, obviously, you need the riders, but I, I feel you speaketh too soon, Amy. Oh, really? Well, getting it out of there is going to be the problem to Japan. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a situation where getting it in was probably the easy bit. We've got a bit more time. Getting it out is going to be slightly more difficult, perhaps. I hope not. And yeah, I do remember the Argentinian thing because we were in the center of it all. It was a proper, proper problem. You know, riders couldn't get out of there. They were having to drive from Termas down to Buenos Aires, which is like a 24-hour drive, believe it or not, through countryside. That They've got real bandit territory there where you don't stop because you might get shot. There's all sorts of things that happens in the middle of Argentina. So I remember it very, very well. But I mean, it's, it's, it's part of, yeah, it is what it is. It's a brand new Grand Prix. I want to stick on the positivity side of it. Yeah. Brand new track from a rider perspective. That's very, very exciting from a team perspective to try and get up to speed on the data they'll need to make the bike work around there. Track looks really, really interesting from a, from a bike racing point of view as well. So I'm, I'm excited by it. And I think everybody that I've spoken to is as well. You know, and you talk about, you know, immigration problems and shipping problems and all the rest of it. Amy, I go back a much further way than you. You've only got a look. And I go back to things like... I'm not like, saying anything. And I go back to things like carnets and stuff like oh, that. yeah. Where we used to... Every European country that used to go through when there was no European Union as such back in the day, when we were having to travel between... If you went between any border in Europe, you had to get these carnets stamped with every single nut and bolt that was on your truck had to be verified at some stage or another. It was a nightmare. So by comparison, I think it's not that difficult, really. It's a paperwork issue. Got to get it done. Um, and you've got to get it done the right way. And every country has its rules. So you've got to cover it. But I still fear slightly for the end of this Grand Prix, getting the stuff back to Japan. It's, it's tight. There's no doubt about that by normal circumstances, let alone um, by the Indian circumstances. So in terms of layout, um, what do you think this circuit's comparable to? It's got a mighty long straight, one of one of the longest on the calendars. So maybe we'll see a top speed break record being broken this weekend. Who knows? Well, I mean, I, 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 I somehow doubt that nowadays. I think 225 mile an hour of Mugello is going to take some bloody beating. You're coming onto the straight there at a fairly fast old corner as well in, in Mugello. So 225 mile an hour seems to be about where we've been in the past. Um I think here the big issue is going to be obviously tires. You know, nobody really knows. Um, so tires setup is going to be a big issue as well. If anybody has got a uh, default setting that they come to a racetrack with, with that suits that track straight away, that's always an advantage. If you can get Once through those first couple of practices, yeah. um, you're certainly not going to want to throw it up the road early on. That's for sure. How dirty is the track? That's another issue. I mean, Caparossi's been out there riding around, around on, a, on a road bike, making sure it's um, right as far as he can see it. I mean, there was concerns over homologation. I think the concerns over homologation have been dealt with really previously. Uh, Caparossi made a statement as, as the uh, officer of, of Dorna um, that, you know, it's, it's a normal thing to finally sign off the homologation on a Thursday prior to the event. My worry was 
that, that Dorna had signed off the homologation and then the riders arrive on Wednesday and Thursday, walk the track and point out a whole load of things that Caparossi either hasn't seen, hasn't considered, or has decided is okay for the rest of the riders. If you, But it seems that, you know, Wednesday, Thursday is walk-around day. Um, I love those days. You get to a track. You would have done the same thing. I've seen you walking around. Actually, I think you run. I walk. Um, well, I run anyway. for a few years, Keith, but yeah. No, well, okay. Well, that's, that's probably got something to do with pregnancy and other various um, different reasons <laughs> you've been involved. Um, but it is, it's, I love those days where you walk the yeah. track and check on curb transitions. You look at the gravel traps. You look at, you know, breaking points, signage, stuff like that. Um, I'm sure these guys would have been doing stuff on PlayStation or, or Xbox or whatever it might have been from the car racing things, but there are no real bike ones that I can think of that you can you can use as a simulator, as a sim. So um, I might be wrong there, but, but I don't think there are. not not pro- There isn't any proper stuff, that is for certain. So it's kind of quite exciting from, from that point of view too. You are dialing in all this stuff. And things that you take for granted as a motorbike racer. I mean, it, when you when you do the simulators and the Xbox stuff, they even have the trees, the markers, the barriers, even the little jumps and humps and bumps in it. Even though you're not experiencing it on a motorbike, everything is there in these sims, these sim programs yeah. nowadays. So they're really, really useful to learn tracks if, you, if you're a rookie coming up. But with a track that hasn't got any of that, really, we've got no onboard cameras and stuff that Dawner have done before, none of that real high-definition stuff at all. Um, it'll all be sort of, I would imagine, car orientated. But even then, it's ten years old because they've not been there um, since. Basically, they had to withdraw because of the aforementioned taxation problems that were going on back in the day. Who should pay the tax on the money being paid? They were classed. I, I, I think it's two two versions of this. If you're classed as an entertainment um, broker, if you like, like Formula One was considered to be entertainment. <laughs> Slightly funny that, and not yeah. a sport. That was what it was, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't it was. classed as a sport. Indeed. Whereas Motor GP have, have obviously learned from that, and 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 hopefully we are classed as a sport. I mean, you can say that about so many things. Is darts a sport? Is snooker a sport? Or is it a pub game? Oh, I've just opened a can of worms. You don't <laughs> have to go there, Amy. <laughs> so. They've got an extended practice session or MotoGP have got extended practice sessions on Friday. So that gives teams um, and riders, like you say, a little bit of extra time to to dial in their setups. Um, as we also mentioned, there's been a lot of work that's gone into making this circuit more suitable and, and safer for bikes. There's been resurfacing, we know, going down the, the back straight. We mentioned um, in our show earlier this week with Jenny that there was a bit of a mo- motocross jump going on. <laughs> Uh, someplace but by the sounds of things you know the work that's been done to extend some of the runoffs move some of the barriers back the riders in the safety commission on friday in Mazzano were all still airing a lot of concerns from a video that they were shown however to this morning we're getting the the first rider debriefs where the journalists are going in and pitching the questions and and those riders that did manage to get there earlier or on time have had an opportunity to walk the track like Paul Spargo. And it sounds pretty positive. It sounds like they've actually kind of held their hands up and gone, we could have judged this one a little bit too harshly. I think it's natural. I mean, to look at, you know, you're better off with a cynical uh, negative view on things rather than arrive there with a whole positive view on stuff and find out you've got a whole lot of shit to clear up. Um, in this instance, you don't have, it looks like the, everyone's done their job pretty well and the track seems to be okay. I mean, if you can get the Aspargros on side, then you're pretty much clear, aren't you? You don't want a leash kicking off about yeah. sa- safety a bit of busy. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you've really got a problem. So if you've got the Aspargros on side, then then that's always a good thing. 
And I think we've got an interesting situation as well. Where, you know, who is going to get on with this track first? Who is going to get on with it and, and, and enjoy it? Who's, who's going to start with that positive feel and, and work it out? I mean, we've got such a massive couple of days coming up here. And you're right, the, the Safety Commission, there'll be another one on Friday. There's one every every, every week, every Grand Prix. Um, it'll be inter- they'll be making recommendations after their first day of, um, of, of practice and testing. Uh, practice and, um, yeah, it's almost all qualifying, so I can call Friday a qualifier as well. Um, they will be coming up with ideas and, and things that need fixing for next year, no doubt about it. But I've got a feeling, like you said, it's fairly positive. I think that the attitude will change. Riders have become... What's the word I'm looking for now? They're, they're, they're not, they're, they are quite critical. They are quite cynical. They do, they, they want it their way. They've been used to having a bigger... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Say in Grand Prix for some considerable years, the Mike Trimby effect, of course. Um, and I think that they are, they expect it to be right. They don't expect to turn up where. Like in the olden days, there weren't quite enough bales of hay to cover all the all the bits and pieces, so they kind of a couple of corners weren't quite as protected as as, as some. You know, there's none of that rubbish anymore. He, he's pretty well sorted out. You know, Caparossi knows what he's up to, and the, the team with him know what they're up to when it comes to what they expect. But I mean, yeah, you can I can walk a racetrack and think, do you know what? That could be a bit safer. There's always something you can do. I remember walking the racetrack at Cota Circuit of the Americas. And turn 11, which is basically a hairpin before you come onto that back, I'll call it a straight, it's not really, it's like a flat out thing. And that's the other thing worth remembering. It's all very well walking the track, it's all very well having a look at the track, it's all very well running the track. But when you've got 300 horsepower underneath, you're trying to launch it to space. It's a completely different kettle of fish. And, and you know, braking areas and so on, it's, it's going to show up so many things that nobody's seen yet and nobody's felt yet and no one's thought about yet because that always happens. But back to Cota, I remember going into Trimby's office and speaking with Franco Ancini back in the days, because obviously Franco's an old mate of mine, and um, saying, turn 11, that hairpin, is that barrier a bit close, do you think? And they all went, what are you on about? You know, laughing at me. But I still think, you know, that if you'd lost your brakes going into turn 11 at Cota, you're going to reach the barrier too. And there's stuff that you can see. Yeah, Louis Salom, I always think of Louis Salom, bless him, the lovely, lovely young man that, that was killed at, at Catalonia at, at Barcelona. We'd all walked that track so many times. We all know Barcelona so well. And there was just that one tiny, tiny, you know, over, overseen area, overlooked area that, that, that with certain circumstances could cause problems. And someone lost their life because of it. So 
this is a really, it's all very well being positive, but you've got to be positive and serious at the same time and make it work. Um, yeah. So I think Thursday night, Friday night, sorry, is going to be an interesting debrief for everybody once they've had 300 horsepower motorbikes blasting around it. Absolutely. And Paul Aspargo said, you know, you go to any circuit and there's always things that can be improved. So this is like any other place. There's, there's going to be things that we can improve on for next year. But first look, it's, it's not looking too bad. And if we also, Keith, bear in mind, you know, the last couple of new tracks we've been to, then uh, Miguel Oliveira could be a man this weekend. He's not been too looking too bad over the last few races as well. No, I know. I mean, I've, I've still got a bit of a Jorge, Jorge Martin feeling, really, the way things are. I mean, I, really? I think a lot of these motorbikes are sorted and will suit that racetrack fairly well, fairly quickly. I mean, it's interesting what you say when we went for the Thai Grand Prix for the first time and stuff like that. I mean, every, I, I remember all the riders saying what a boring track it was and now it, it shouldn't be on the calendar and all the rest of it. It's bloody hard work getting to Thailand. And then they all, they all had a blast around there in a track that didn't particularly look that good on paper. And maybe when you're biking, push biking around and all the rest of it. But once they got them bikes out there, Everybody enjoyed, you know, Buriram. They all thought it was it was great, and now it's a, a major thing on the calendar. And I think a bit of a bit of Asian continent fun and excitement. I mean, this is going to be an absolute mayhem bun fight. You think you've been? I mean, Thailand when the, the first round they had there, you couldn't move. The Thais just embraced it, took it on, and just it was such good fun. And India, what a fantastic country from a cultural point of view. From a, They are going to embrace MotoGP like nothing else. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic event. The only thing I'm really, really cheesed off about, about the whole thing, is I ain't there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, Keith. I said to Sam the other night, my husband, I have not had FOMO about missing out on the flyaways now. I mean, it, for me... 2019 would have been the last time I did like a real flyaway if you're kind of like not counting Qatar because it's only seven hours um, or like even that if you, I think you can get about six hours. But 2019 before COVID hit was really the last time I was doing the flyaway legs and I never ever thought I would miss them ever. But actually I have with Harry off in Japan this week, obviously MotoGP arriving in India, I have had the tiniest weeniest bit of FOMO um, but there you go. That's I'm where sure me and you I... are completely different, you know, Amy, because I have missed every single frigging one of them. I just have you. Oh, the fly. I love flyaways. I love the long haul. It's the only time you get any bloody peace. You know, you wait. You've got one kid. You know, uh, that, that probably takes up a fair bit of your time. I've had four of them, and I'm quite happy to get on an aeroplane and clear off for a few days. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. There is that. Now we've got a few bits of news to touch on uh, before we give our predictions for this weekend. Uh, Pramac have announced that next year Franco Morbidelli will be joining them. Really great to see him get another opportunity because it, it's no secret the Yamaha hasn't been great over the last couple of years. And neither has um, he. But this is what I was about to ask you, Keith. How much do you think Franco's performances and different performances have been down to the M1? Or do you think he's got a bit of a part to play as well? Some riders um, won't perform on a bike that's underperforming. Um, that's been a fact of life throughout the years. Some riders will not push to 110%, which is you, what you've got to do nowadays. There is no 100% anymore. It's always over the limit. Um, so the fact is that Morbidelli, an intelligent fella, probably doesn't want to hurt himself again on a motorbike that isn't performing. As soon as he's got a motorbike that's performing how he wants it, I think that will bring the best out in Morbidelli. So I think that's a good thing. 
VR46 Academy again. They've got it all covered, haven't they? The VR46 mob. I mean, you've got another guy that's on another Ducati. Um, they're covering all the bases at the moment. So VR46, Val- Valentino Rossi's Academy uh, riders are all in there in places that they should be. I think it's good from Robidelli, but this is your last chance saloon. If he yeah. doesn't pick it up at Pramac, then he's he's out of out of the job completely, and he'll be going World Superbikes if he can be bothered. I mean, he's another guy. Like I say, he's very intelligent. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to go. Do I need to do this anymore? I'm not going to World Superbikes. I'll retire and have a good life. Who knows? And then you got Nakagami, who's resigned. Yeah, I was going to well. say Nakagami. Yeah. LCR have kept him. What's this? His seventh year now. Nakagami is one of those guys. He's like um, a default mode. He very nearly won something back in Aragon when he qualified really well and he, he looked like he could have could have won a race. Um, still hasn't, still won't. I mean, he's done, basically, for winning races. But he's a great default, great guy, works, real with, uh, works really well with Lucio and obviously with, with Honda. And Honda liked that connection, that direct language connection as well. Um, so he's a very important factor at Honda uh, riding for Lucio. So no real big surprise there, I suppose. But those are the two latest this week. No... No real wild cards down in India, of course. Um, there isn't anything going on there. I've been reading a bit lately about um, sort of different Asian riders that are coming in. Uh, we're talking about the Philippines have got a racetrack that's that's designed now by Tilka that's um, that's looking like it's going through the process of possibly. So we've got a, a, the, the likelihood of a, a Filipino track coming on. Uh, there's a there's quite an exciting 27 year old woman actually. Seems that we were talking about women with uh, Jenny uh, in our our main program earlier on in the week. Um, Thai lady who's been going really, really well. Oh, hang on, let me look. I'll just make sure I get it right. Um, if I can find her bloody name, I've got it here somewhere. I'll put it down. Muklada Sarapuch. Um, she's um, 27 years old. Muk is a nickname because every Thai has a nickname, of course. They never, ever go by their real name. Um, yeah. So she's she's quite exciting. And the thing I love about her is I've only ever seen her race once and and, and and all I remember seeing her do is basically she beats the blokes up both in performance-wise and on the track. She's mega aggressive, like really? incredibly aggressive, like unbelievably aggressive, got a terrible name, probably the worst name I've ever seen in national racing, especially for a woman. So good on her. <laughs> I quite like that. So keep an eye out for Mook when she comes out of Thailand. Um, she's running a 600 over there at the moment in the uh, Asia Cup or whatever it is, I can never remember the names of all the different series. But uh, so there's a bit going on in the background at the minute. We might, I mean, she's probably a little bit older for for, for moving across to anything in great either superbike or, or or Grand Prix terms. But all we need is more ladies like her that bring the younger ones up into it. Something we talked about the other day, and I think keep an eye out on the Asian continent. It all wraps into that big thing. It's all happening over there at the minute. Not over here in Europe, where this is not the the focus of stuff. Really, it's all happening in marketplaces. And excuse me, that are huge. You know, Thailand, India. Oh, what can you beat? The Philippines, Indonesia. These are all massive, massive, you know, countries with with billions and billions of people. Um, you can see why Dawn are perhaps moving a bit east. As predictive, Keith, you and I could have really talked until the cows have gone home, had their tea, got themselves to bed. Uh, but it is come to that time in the show where we are going to give our predictions. I'll let you go first. Ugh. Okay, Jorge Martin, Bang Naya, and Bezeki. Okay, is that for the sprint? Yeah. What What about for the main race? I'd probably go for the same normally. 
Let's have a bit of that. Uh, maybe I tell you what, Zarco. I feel a bit for Zarco as well. Oh, really? Well, not for a win. I think. Uh, I think going Bagnaya, Bagnaya, uh, Jorge Martin, Zarco for the okay. Race. Okay. Well. I've written mine down because I wanted to be prepared and I really also wanted to mix it up because I thought if I'm going to give my predictions this year, then they've got to be, I've got to spread. What is it? Like when you've got to kind of like put your eggs in a few baskets. So for the sprint, I've gone for Binder, Peko and Jorge Martin. And then for the main race, Miguel, Peko and Bez. So we shall see on Sunday how accurate those predictions oh. are. Forget it. If you're expecting accuracy from punditry, you've got a waste of time in MotoGP. We've got a brand new track on a brand new continent, and we've got a load of blokes that we don't know what are going to do what yet. Yeah. And uh, I think that anybody who gets this right, well, I'll tell you what, anybody who gets these two right, all three, both races, because I'm tight, I'll be buying the Veer by the end of the year. That sounds like a great one, Keith. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you this week. Um, Harry will be back on Monday with you to debrief on the Barak Grand Prix. Uh, please do leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And as I say, Keith and Harry will be back on Monday. Uh, but from myself, Amy Reynolds, thank you so much. And Keith, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Amy. See you again soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.